Hi, boys. I know that I'm going to be gone for 10 days, but I really like getting to read you stories. And so what I'm going to try to do is read you guys the bedtime story every night. And we'll read a chapter, chapter a day. So do you remember where we left off in the, in the book? The boys are, I'm sorry, Mary and Peter went into the cuckoo clock. So this is chapter five, Inside the Cuckoo Clock. It was very dark there at first. Outside, the children could hear Grizzle and her mother getting crosser and crosser. They're not under the cupboard. They're not in the brick box. They're not in any of the train trucks. Where can they be? Bother them. It's too bad. I can hear our guests arriving downstairs, and now they're gonna, there are no wonderful live dolls to show them. Have they climbed up behind any of the pictures? Then the children heard all the pictures being turned slightly. They were glad to think that they had slipped inside the cuckoo clock before the giants had thought of looking upwards. They might have easily have been seen on the clock whilst they were waiting for the cuckoo. Gradually, they began, began to be able to see what it was like inside the cuckoo's little room. And then, what an enormous surprise they got. It was a proper little room. There was a round table in the middle with a blue check cloth on it. And there were chairs about it and a shining cup, a shining cupboard in one corner. There was a tiny fire at the back of the room with a small kettle boiling away merrily. And sitting by the rocking chair was the cuckoo. At first, the children thought the cuckoo was an old woman sitting there knitting. But no, it was most certainly the cuckoo. She had a red shawl thrown over her shoulders and she had slipped her feet into a pair of old slippers. There she sat, with spectacles on her nose, knitting away for dear life. The children stared and stared. They didn't know what to do or say. This was the most surprising thing they had ever seen. Presently, the cuckoo lifted her head and looked at them twinklingly over her spectacles. Have you quite finished looking at me? she asked in a soft, cuckooing sort of voice. I am, am I such a surprise? Well, I can assure you that you are every bit as much as a surprise to me. This is the first time I have ever had visitors since I came here. It is most exciting. We, we didn't know, really, we didn't know you were properly alive and, and lived in a little room like this, said Mary, finding her voice at last. We thought, we just thought we'd, we'd come and hide in the clock. And a very good idea, too, said the cuckoo, knitting away steadily. Nobody would think of looking for you here. You are quite safe. I heard those giants looking for you down there. I am glad Grizzle didn't find you. She's a careless, spiteful creature. She often forgets to wind up this clock, and then I can't go out of my door for days. Do you mind us hiding here? asked Peter. Not a bit, said the cuckoo. I tell you, I'm delighted to have someone to talk to. I do get so lonely up here in my little room. What about a bit of tea now? Are you hungry? 
Very, said Peter at once. Our dinner was only some chocolate cake in the giant's marketing bag. Can I help you? asked Mary politely. Well, that would be most kind of you, said the cuckoo. My legs are rather bad today, and I'd be glad to have someone waiting on me for a change. All the tea things are in the cupboard over there, and you can make make the tea, and the, the boy can make some uh, make us some toast. There are some sausages in the cupboard. We'll fry those too. Will the giants hear us talking up here? asked me Mary anxiously. Oh, bless no, said the cuckoo comfortably. They don't know anything about my snug little room here. I hear it was let years ago, and I, I heard it was to let years ago and came here, and here I've been ever since, with never a soul to peep in at me or say how do you do. So long as I cuckoo every half an hour and every hour, that's all the giants care about. Soon the children were busy over tea. Mary set the table neatly, and Peter made a pile of toast. Then, whilst he fried the sausages, and dear me, how good they smelt, the little girl made the tea. It's all ready, Mistress Cuckoo, she said. The cuckoo brought her rocking chair to the table and began to pour the tea. Then she served the sausages, and the children ate them hungrily. This is a great treat for me, said the kindly cuckoo, beaming at the children down her long beak. I do enjoy company, and it's years since I had any. Now, where did I put my best strawberry jam and those shortbread biscuits I've been saving up? She got up and went into the, went to the cupboard, and she found a large jar and a big tin. Just as she was about to put them on the table, the children were most astonished to see her turn herself about a rush were were most astonished to see her turn herself about and rush swiftly to the door she pushed it open and went out where is she gone she isn't going to tell the giants about us is she cuckoo 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 called the cuckoo in her loud voice clear voice and then she came back with a rush, slammed the door, and put the jar and tin on the table. She sank down on her chair and began to laugh. Oh my, oh my, she said. Do you know, I almost forgot to cuckoo the hour. As it was, I was two minutes late. Fancy that. And I went to the door carrying my tin and my jar of jam. And with my red shawl on. Whatever would the giants have thought if they had seen me? I really don't know. They would have taken the clock down at once and look in, looked inside my room, no doubt. Then we'd have had to escape, said Peter, rather alarmed. We, we wouldn't let you forget to cuckoo at the half-hour, Mistress Cuckoo. No, please don't, said the cuckoo, putting out some delicious-looking strawberry jam into a flower china dish. I've never forgotten before. It would... It was just the excitement of having visitors that made me forget. Now, do have some jam with your buttered toast. The children ate an enormous tea, and the jam was lovely, and the shortbread biscuits melted away in their mouths. Peter kept looking at his watch as the time went on. It's almost the half hour, Mrs. Mistress Cuckoo, he said suddenly. 
At once the cuckoo got up, threw off her shawl and her slippers, and went to open the door. She cuckooed loudly once and came back in. The nursery is full of giant children, she said. It's the party going on, I expect. Can you hear the noise? The children listened. The cuckoo's room was high up and quiet, but they could hear quite well the loud shouts and heavy footfalls of children below. They trembled to think that they might have been down there with them, being handled and squeezed. Don't look so frightened, said the cuckoo, now quite comfortable again in her shawl and slippers. You're safe here. I wish I'd, I wish you'd live with me always. I do like you so much. We'd love to stay with you for a long time, said Mary, smiling at the cuckoo kindly. But we are trying to rescue someone who has been captured by a wicked gnome, and we, we mustn't stay too long. Peter, you tell Mistress Cuckoo all about it. We'd better clear away and wash up first, said Peter, looking at the littered table. So the children set to work, much to the delight of the cuckoo, who had never been waited on before. They soon cleared the table and washed up in a little sink that was neatly hidden by a small red curtain. They put away all the things and then went to sit down by the fire. The cuckoo was rocking herself busily, still knitting. Now tell me all about yourselves, she said cozily. You can't possibly go tonight, so take your time about it. I am so enjoying having you both. Peter told the cuckoo all his story, from the dreadful moment when Fenella disappeared to the time when he and Mary climbed up the clock chains. The cuckoo nodded her head and said, Dear, dear, now and then. Well, she said when Peter had finished, I do think you are two dear, brave children to set out on such a journey. I hope you'll find Fenella. I do indeed. Do you know the best way to get from here to the land of storytellers? asked Peter. Is it a very long way? Well, said the cuckoo, putting down her knitting, it is a rather long way. You see, giant land is so big that it stretches for miles and miles. I really don't know how you could walk it without being seen a hundred times by the giants. Oh dear, said Peter in dismay. I don't want to be caught by giants again. Once is quite enough. I should think so, said the cuckoo. I suppose there's no way of flying over giant land, is there? asked Mary. That would be so much better than walking all the way through it. No, there's no airplane or anything, said the cuckoo thoughtfully. I don't see how you could fly over um, unless... Uh, unless... Unless what? cried the children excitedly. Well, unless I took you on my back and flew over giant land, said the cuckoo slowly. The children stared at her. But would you? asked Peter eagerly. I don't see why I shouldn't, said the cuckoo, taking off her glasses and looking at the children. I used to be able to fly very well indeed. I shall have to practice a bit tonight. When the giants are all in bed, I could take a few turns around the nursery and see if my wings are strong as they used to be. Oh, I could fly very swiftly and very well when I was younger. 
Mary jumped up and hugged the cuckoo until she gasped her breath and begged for mercy. You're a perfect dear to help us like this, said Mary. Oh, how lovely it would be if we could fly and miss out on the rest of giant land by flying right over it. I don't like the giants one bit. Well, now, we, we can't do anything about it just yet, said the cuckoo, rolling up her knitting and putting it back into the black bag. What about a game of snap? It's ages since I had a good game with anyone. Oh, let's, cried the children. So the cuckoo got out a pack of curious snap cards, all of the giant families on them, and they sat around the table, played until they were tired. Every half an hour, the cuckoo had to get up and rush to the door to cuckoo, and once she took off her snap she took her snap cards with her. She was in such a hurry. How they all laughed when she came back, looking flustered and hot. Do you know I nearly called Snap instead of Cuckoo, she said to the, to the children. Whatever would have the giants thought? That made the children laugh even more. They had a lovely game until the Cuckoo said it was time to stop and have supper. Mary and Peter put her in her rocking chair again and said they would manage supper. There's a jam tart in the cupboard, said and you'll find some cream in a blue jug, said the cuckoo, getting out her knitting again. Make a jug of hot cocoa. That will suit us nicely. They had a supper all together, joking and laughing. There was a gooseberry jam in the tart and plenty of sugar in the cocoa. It was great fun. After that, the children cleared away and washed up. Then Mary yawned. Ah, it's bedtime for you, said the cuckoo. Oh, no. Do let me see you fly around the nursery, begged Mary. Very well, said the cuckoo. I'll just go and peep out and see if everything is safe. She went to the door and pushed it open. The nursery was dark except for some light that came in from the landing outside, where the big lamp burned. It's quite safe, I think, said the cuckoo, peering out. She took off her shawl, which was wrapped around her and prevented her from spreading them properly. Peter and Mary went to the door and watched. The cuckoo spread her wings and launched herself into the air. Round and round the nursery she went, flapping her wings. At last she came back quite delighted. My wings are even stronger because of the long rest I've had, she said pleased. I shall be able to carry you both very easily. Just half a minute. She turned to the nursery and cuckooed loudly ten times. It was ten o'clock. Now, she said briskly, wrap, wrapping herself up in her shawl again and slamming the door, now it's time for bed. We must all get sleep quickly, because my plan is that we set out at dawn when all the giants are still asleep. With, with luck, we should reach the land of storytellers about eight o'clock, and I can be back in my clock before lunch. Perhaps no one will notice I am not cuckooing. Very often the giants are out all morning shopping. The children were happy and very sleepy. Mary could hardly keep her eyes open. Where shall we sleep? asked Peter, looking around. He could not see a bed anywhere. The cuckoo went to the wall and pressed a little knob. A panel slid aside, and the cuckoo pulled out a neat little bed, complete with blankets and pillows.
You have to hide things away when your room is as small as mine, she said. Now, there's just room for the two of you there. Undress in and get in quickly, or you'll fall asleep where you're standing. But where will you sleep? asked Mary. In my rocking chair, said the cuckoo. I often take a nap there. I've got to be out of my I have got to be out of my door cuckooing every half an hour, so my nights are never very peaceful. Now hurry up, both of you. Soon the children were tucked in bed and in the very hmm. Soon the children were tucked up in the small but very soft and comfortable bed. They closed their eyes and fell fast asleep in two minutes. The cuckoo sat down in her rocking chair and took up her knitting. She was very happy. It was such a treat to have two cheerful, friendly visitors. She would remember this day for years and years. At dawn, she awakened the children. Time to be off, she said. I've made some hot coffee for us, and there's some bacon and eggs cooking. They will be ready by the time you are dressed. The children smelt the good smell of frying bacon and hot coffee. They dressed quickly and were soon sitting down at a little round table enjoying their breakfast. There's not a soul awake in the house, said the cuckoo, drinking her coffee. Not a soul. We shall be able to fly off without seeing, without anyone seeing us. Now what's... What's that funny noise? asked Mary, listening to a strange throbbing noise that rose and fell all the time. Oh, that's just the giant snoring, said the cuckoo. They all do that. Now, what about some marmalade with your toast, Peter? They all made a good breakfast, and then the cuckoo gave some apples and chocolate to the children to take with them. She took off her shawl and gave it to Mary. I can't fly with it on, she said. But you'd better use it as a rug to cover yourselves when you're on my back. The morning air is chilly. I shall keep my slippers on. I do have some dreadful shillimbines if if I don't. Uh, now are we ready? The children took a last look around the dear little room where they had been so kindly treated. Then they climbed on the cuckoo's broad back and wrapped the red shawl around them. The cuckoo opened the door and told them to hold tight. She spread her wings, and off they went into the air, circling around the nursery. The window was a little bit open at the top, and the cuckoo flapped neatly through the crack and out into the cold morning air. The sun was just rising, and everything was touched with gold. "'Isn't this fun?' shouted Peter to Mary. Weren't we lucky to find such a kind friend? Mary cuddled herself into the shawl for a morning. was certainly cold. She smiled at Peter and then looked down at Giantland. It was a strange place in the early sunlight. The houses towered up like enormous castles. The windows seemed endless and shone brightly in the sun. The streets were very wide, and the cats that laid about there were as big as donkeys. On and on flew the cuckoo, flapping her strong wings. For an hour after hour she flew, and the little children grew sleepy again, for they had not had a very long night. Mary yawned. The cuckoo heard her and turned her, set her head. Why don't you try to get a nap? She called in her soft cuckooing voice. You will be quite safe on my back if you tuck your feet well into the fold of my wings. So for... 
some while the children slept, their feet tucked into the warm folds of the cuckoo's wings, and their hands clinging to her, to her neck feathers. The sun rose higher and higher and beat down warmly. Mary suddenly awoke, feeling far too hot. She sat up and took off the shawl, and then woke Peter in excitement. Peter, I do believe we are out of giant land now. Look down. The houses are no longer big. They looked down, and it was quite true. They had passed right over giant land and were now in another land. They called to the cuckoo. Yes, she said, we are over the land of storytellers now. I am taking you to the marketplace, as you will no doubt find plenty of people there to ask about your gnome, sly one. We shall be there in two minutes. In a short time, the cuckoo flew down to the crowded marketplace, where gnomes of all kinds bought and sold and chattered and calling the tops of their hoarse voices. The children jumped off the cuckoo's back. Thank you ever, ever so much, they said earnestly. You have been so good to us. Not at all, not at all, said the cuckoo. I have been delighted to have you. Now I must say goodbye and get back quickly, or the giants will miss me. The children felt sad as parting with such a good friend. Mary kissed the cuckoo on her beak and tucked her shawl under her wing for her to take back. The cuckoo's eyes were full of tears, for she liked the two children very much indeed. Goodbye, my dears, goodbye, she said. Take care of yourselves and find a little princess soon. Perhaps you will get her today. Goodbye, cried the children and waved to the cuckoo, who rose into the air and her slippered feet tucked well under her and a little bit of red shawl hanging down from under her wing. They watched her until they could see her no longer. Then they turned to look at the marketplace. Now the next thing to do was to find out where the sly one, the gnome, lived. The next chapter is chapter 6, and it's called In the Land of Storytellers. I sure do love you boys. Sleep well. Good night.